Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to the show. I'm a little bit quiet tonight because it's 12.15 at the time of recording this and everyone else has gone to bed and my sister is right next to me, so I need to be a little quiet, but today is the admittedly very late Sunday special and we are, as I said a little while ago, I think it was Thursday, we're going to be going back to the F1 Drive to Survive series. I know we've been on quite a hiatus for the series, haven't we? But, I mean, to be fair, I just haven't really felt like watching it, but I'm getting back into it because we're really, really, really close to finishing it. I think there's nine or ten episodes in the in the entire season of season two and we are at we're going to be watching episode seven so we're very very close to finishing this so let's kick this off we have oh we have half an hour so not quite the full hour i think that the show typically is i think though in hindsight i'm rather thankful so let's start it up let's get going the last time we the last time we were doing this the last time we were watching f1 drive to survive we were dealing with Red Bull, and now we're dealing with Ferrari, so that'll be quite cool. We got country music playing, strangely. Seb Sebastian wants to, listen, wants to listen to country music. Nope, never mind, rock. Apparently Sebastian likes 80s rock music. I can't tell what the dra- oh, it's a Ferrari FF. That's cool. Alright, a Netflix original series, so this is just a title card, and then probably some B-roll and stuff, and it'll be- oh wait, no. Right, not a typical Netflix series, so instead we have a title card and some B-roll of, at this rate, the Ferrari Garage, so it's not... Okay, hold on. Someone's talking. They said, when you sign for Ferrari, it's the pinnacle, you know? I wonder who is... It must be the team boss. Although, I don't think their name starts with Mark, but... Uh, to be fair, I don't remember who the name of the Ferrari team boss. Okay, we're with Sebastian right now. He says he drives for Scuderia Ferrari, which is very true. I wonder when, when we're going to get Charles Leclerc. That'd be quite cool. Okay, some some action shots. Mattia. Okay. Now, here we go. Now we have the team boss. Okay, we have some historical historical footage of Ferrari's, I think, late 40s, early 50s, in the you know near the beginning of F1. Team boss is saying that drivers become legends when they race for Ferrari. And to be fair, that was true for quite a time, but that's... With Ferrari's current form, that's unfortunately not quite true anymore. Ferrari needs to step up. Not not necessarily, although Sebastian could do with getting back on form, but not really Sebastian, not really Charles. It's just, I think it's the team boss. Personally, Mattia needs to get his head in the game and provide a car that can, just as equally as the drivers, make a legend. Because look at, you know, you take a look at Mercedes right now. And Lewis Hamilton's a legend. Well, why? Okay, A, he's, a, he's an epic driver, an ungodly driver, an incredible talent. But his car is also quite dominant. His car is stupidly good. So, you know, as much as, as, much as the driver is, don't get me wrong, incredibly important, it doesn't hurt to have a really, really good car as well. So, if Ferrari wants to make the legends out of the drivers, if Ferrari wants to be that legendary team that Mercedes now is, they need to step it up. I think for that entire monologue I just had, Sebastian was talking about how Mercedes had been dominant and they're, you know, they're still trying, they're still believing that they can get back to their former glory. Because I wasn't reading the text, obviously, because I can't really read without getting distracted and then losing my, either losing a train of thought or cutting myself off mid-sentence. Mid so we start off, as far as racing goes, in this, in episode 7, 
at 3 minutes and 20 seconds. We start in Austin, Texas at Coda, which is quite cool. Fun fact, I have never... I have yet to figure out how to properly drive the track. I mean, in-game, obviously, but I have yet to figure out how to properly drive the track. I've not quite done it yet. It looks like it could be a lot of fun, but the experiences that I've had so far have not... Me and Code have not gotten, on, gotten off on the best foot yet, but I digress. So everyone's piling in early Coda. They're pulling the wraps off everything, starting up all the computers. We've got a little shot of Lewis Hamilton there. Oh, Will Buxton. Love him. Will Buxton is saying that 2019 was Sebastian's chance to level to level with Hamilton for five world championships, and it did not work out. Will is saying that Mercedes is not the only... Uh, Mercedes is not who Sebastian has to fight with. Not only... Well, not, not only. Because now he also has to fight with his teammate, obviously, Charles Leclerc, which we saw last year. Last year? 2019, I mean. And to some extent, 2020 this year. Apparently, Charles Leclerc, Charles Leclerc was the second youngest Ferrari driver. I wonder who the first was. That might have been... Well, no, that couldn't have been Sebastian. That Ferrari FF looks good. Or the GTC. Sorry, it's a GTC for Luso, I forgot. It's the update. Not gonna lie, I love to me the GTC for Luso is definitely better than the FF as far as visually, but I, but in that same vein, I quite like it now. It's a it's sort of a GT Ferrari, kind of like the F12, but not F12, A12, but a little more, a, a little more toned down, a little bit more GT and less uh, frightening, shall we say? Okay, we have Mattia. Charles just walked into Mattia's office, talking in Italian, but with subtitles. Mattia, see, I mean, he's on his computer. I was gonna say it seems like he's going over, going over some footage, but I think they were just playing F1 sounds in the background, so I don't know. Apparently, it's unusual for Ferrari to choose a young driver. That's weird. Okay, Will was saying that after a decade with no wins. Okay, yeah, now they're watching footage on on computers. After a decade with no championships, maybe going for something different will give them the win. And I'm just gonna say this right now. I'm not sure driver that a driver changes exactly the difference they need because Charles has been incredibly fast as. And to some extent, outperformed Vettel semi-regularly. The problem was never really the drivers, maybe except for Vettel on occasion. The problem was the car. So Ferrari, it would appear, judge, looking looking from an outsider's, relatively outsider's point of view, because we're looking inside now, but from an outsider's point of view, from an outsider's point of view, it just seems like they're trying to fix, they're like putting a Band-Aid over a check engine light. So instead of actually resolving the problem, which is the technical side of Ferrari, they're saying, no, we just need a better, faster driver to make up for, to make up for our cars, our, our, our race cars not being as reliable or as competitive as they need to be, and that's never really a good strategy. Apparently, Charles is bad with 90s music, which is quite funny. Sebastian just revved, just revved the GTC for Luso, just brum, brum. <laughs> Apparently, Seb parked the GTC for Luso quite well, funny. Alright, they're just kind of walking around right now, going up onto a stage. We've got a bunch of Ferrari fans over here. It looks like some, like, not quite Coachella, not quite Coachella view here. It's, it's, al it's almost as if Sebastian and Charles are about to whip out drums and guitars and stuff and play a song. But it's not gonna, that's obviously not gonna happen, but still. Alright, they're doing a lot of signing. My hand would be dead. So dead. Apparently... Mattia made it quite quite clear that Seb was the number one driver and Charles was number two, which is very interesting. That's I would say that that strategy seems to have not been working for him. But again, that's not really the problem. The problem is more so the cars. 
I mean, the infighting is obviously not helpful, but that wasn't the biggest issue. Not like it was for Red Bull with Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen. Charles was saying that with Monza, you know, obviously with that being Ferrari's home turf, it was the first time in his career he felt so much pressure because obviously that's Ferrari's home turf. You got to win there. That's do or die time. I love how it's at the end of a big right-hand sweeper on like the second sector of Monza at, the, at that exit where they jink left. All the cars just like this four, they, they four-wheel drift as they showed a, like a slow-motion B-roll. They just four-wheel... Oop! Seb just spun. But yeah, they all the F1 cars... Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh! Seb came out at the worst time in Buffalo Force India. And it was Lance Stroll. Oh, no. That was very poor. But like I was saying, all the cars, when they jinked left, it was just this nice four-wheel slide that was beautiful. And every, every F1... Every, every car, every team, all the drivers were doing it. It was... Gorgeous. It, it it was triple X rated. <laughs> okay, Charles is under fire from a Lewis Hamilton. Ooh, fighting very heavily. Pushed. Unfortunately, Leclerc pushed Hamilton a little bit wide there. Might get a penalty for that. Might get quite a penalty. I don't remember the race, so... I, I may have watched it, but I don't remember what happened if I did. Okay, Leclerc won in spawn. Now he wins at Monza to pull it home for Ferrari. That's good. That's good for Ferrari. The crowd is just chanting Ferrari. That's hilarious. Imagine, imagine if Bathurst, it was Holden, Holden, and it's Ford, Ford. That would be hilarious. I wonder if that does happen at Bathurst. Apparently, Seb came 13th, though. That's very, very poor. What a shame for him. So we are currently 11 minutes and 50 seconds in, very nearly at the 12-minute mark. So we're almost halfway. Currently, we have... Leclerc talking to... I can't remember the commentator's name at this moment. His name escapes me. Alright, so Monza has ended. And Leclerc has said that, considering how crazy it was, it was probably one of the best days of his life. Seb looks very somber right now. Apparently, Will Buxton said that if Seb thought that this would be a traditional master or, or master apprentice, whatever, uh, master apprentice narrative, well, considering, well, with Monza... Seb has just been in for a very rude awakening, which is, which Will Buxton is right on the money, which is why I find it quite interesting that Ferrari is like, nah, Charles, you're the number two driver. Okay, they've just pitted in Singapore. They have just pitted Leclerc. He is in pit lane. Is he going to come out in front of Seb? No, he doesn't. Doesn't quite make it. Oh, wait, no, it was Seb in the pits. Okay, and he came out ahead of Leclerc. Charles was not happy with that. Okay. Vettel is at the front right now in first, but Charles is hot on his heels, and we got a Red Bull behind Leclerc. Oh, Vettel, Vettel got first. He won the Singapore Grand Prix. All right, we have Sachi in Russia. Okay, Leclerc was leading, and then Vettel pulled up alongside to overtake him. Seb does not want to let Charles by. Seb is like, you could tell Charles a close-up. Charles is being very cordial about this, despite his frustration. I appreciate that. Will Buxton is saying is saying right now that every every form every world champion has what he likes to call and I'm I'm making it a bit nicer an inner bugger. And basically what he's saying is in in short what he's saying is you have to be a little bit selfish and make those tough decisions for yourself. And he said he quoted Eric Senna who said 
if you don't go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver, which Senna did, or sorry, which Sebastian did by not by not giving Charles the chance to pass and by telling him to close up. All right, so now, now we're in Coda again. We've just had a little brief intermission with the two drivers and a few other a few other employees at Scuderia Ferrari. It looks like qualifying is happening right now at the 16 minute and 20 second mark. Yep, they're starting to load the drivers into their cars. I think that was Leclerc we've just seen. Yeah, Leclerc is out onto the pits. Okay, he's on he's on Coda right now behind Magnussen. He's just been told to decrease the gap to Magnussen in front of him. Apparently for the last corner, they're going mode push. Oh, but immediately, immediately there's already something wrong with the engine. Oh no. He's being told to stop the car. He's pulled over near the last sector at the track. That is sad. He's being told engine off right now. He's pulled off near, okay, near an entrance road. Man, that, that is tragic. An immediate engine failure. He is getting out of the car right now. The engine is starting to fume. Well, it was. Now it seems to have died down. He is out of the car. Just walk around the entrance road near his Ferrari. Alright, they are all... Now the track officials are pushing the Ferrari into the entrance road. Charles is back in the pits... Alright, they're trying to fix the car now in the pits. So they already had a problem. See, this is what I was saying earlier. This goes back to what I was saying just a little bit ago. Because in we've only been in qualifying and they've already had an engine failure. The problem was never really the drivers. Now, Kimi Raikkonen was old and perhaps slowing, okay? So it makes sense that they would want to change him out for Charles Leclerc. That makes sense. But again, the problem was not necessarily the drivers. Because, I mean, save maybe for a few instances, for a few instances with Sebastian but again the problem was not necessarily the necessarily the drivers the problem is the reliability of the car and the fact that Ferrari and and their team strategy actually let me add let me add something to that their team strategy they just can't seem to get a perfectly reliable car and if they do their team strategy then lets them down they just cannot win they can't get it right Okay, so they've swapped out the new engine for an older used engine, so that is really quite a setback, and they might get a penalty for it. Alright, so now they're all in this little break room with a bunch of laptops. Alright, they are in the, the quote-unquote boardroom. Right now we're in the boardroom. Alright, Saturday qualifying. We are 19 minutes and 30 seconds in, just over halfway. And or the war room, if you want to call it that. They were in the war room. Now we're in qualifying, though. I think we're riding... Nope, we are riding with Vettel. He has started his flying lap. He's going up to the turn... He's going up to turn one at Coda. Okay, bit of a cut. Oh, wait, no, that's Charles. All right. Sebastian is in front of Leclerc, as it turns out. Leclerc is putting in a storming lap here. Okay, Sebastian's putting in a really, really good lap right now. Leaving nothing left on the table. Going all in. Exactly what you should do when you qualify. Leclerc is apparently on the back foot at Coda here. Can't really get a handle on the car. Alright, down the back straight. Coming up to turn one up the hill. It is Sebastian Vettel who we are riding with right now. Okay, Seb just put in his personal best and he got second. That's still pretty good. 
All right, we are riding with Leclerc now. We are on the back straight, coming up to turn one up the hill. Charles only got fourth. Ooh, that's a little poor. Apparently, Charles is saying he lost a lot in the straights. I always have to wonder when you have professional drivers like this, what tracks do they dislike the most? Which ones can they just not get a feel for? I wonder if, in part, I kind of wonder if that's what happened to Charles. Alrighty, Sebastian is apparently in a... Okay, sorry, I was just listening to what Seb was saying just now, but apparently... Okay, so they're in this... They're currently in a room with a bunch of, I guess, VIP Ferrari, fran Ferrari fans doing like a little presentation. Doing like a, like a mini interview. What are... Alrighty, Sunday, the race. Yeah, but apparently he was just in a little presentation for some fans. Alrighty, it is Circuit of the Americas. It is Coda. It is the race. With qualifying over and Leclerc in fourth, let's see if Leclerc can hold it throughout the race. Or whether or not he'll whether or not he'll slide up the grid. Or perhaps he'll slide he'll slide further back. We will have to wait and see. Alright, so Ferrari is not on pole position right now, but they are in second place thanks to Vettel's efforts. And they're in fourth. That's pretty good for Leclerc, because at the very least, if he can slide up, even just a position, they're they're on podium. They would have podium and yeah, they would have third and second. So Ferrari would have almost a complete podium lockout, except for first. That's great. Hamilton's on his electric scooter, as always. Alright, everyone's walking down the pits. Everything's just a little bit calm right now. It's the calm before the storm. All hell is not broken loose quite yet. Though, to be fair, it's not quite calm. It's perhaps a little bit tense. A little bit frantic. Just a bit. Everyone's gearing up. They're putting Leclerc is putting on his balaclava, it would seem. Will Buxton is saying right now that Ferrari's kind of going through a rebuilding period. And the problem the problem is that when you're up against a team like Mercedes, can you can you really have a driver war? With Mercedes being so dominant, it doesn't really help to have infighting because then you're just slowing you're slowing the entire team down. Instead of fighting your main target target, you're fighting each other. You're beating each other into submission, and that's not helpful when you when your real enemy is using that to their advantage. Man, I forgot how much I missed Will Buxton in F1. Well, I mean, he is still in F1, I mean, obviously, but not on the broadcast channel that I typically watch F1 on. But what I mean is I forgot how much I missed seeing his energy, his passion for the sport. This That man knows his onions. Alright, lights are off. Going up to turn one, Hamilton got a really, really, had a, got a very, got a fairly good start. Vettel is side to side, is side by side with Verstappen. Verstappen got past Vettel, but only just, just a little bit. Right, Vettel's trying to keep up, seems to be struggling just a little bit. He's still in the conversation, though. So it would seem that Botas right now splits Vettel and Leclerc. So if Leclerc can get past, yep, if Leclerc can get past Botas, that'd be good. Oh, wait, no. No, Hamilton was the one that split Leclerc, Leclerc and Vettel. So Hamilton just passed. Hamilton has just passed Sebastian. So Sebastian has just lost a whole heap of time. Sebastian's apparently immediately got damaged. Now, this much I think I do remember from the Austin Grand Prix. All right. The problem with Vettel is that he's got a bit of a problem, and that is holding up Leclerc. Leclerc needs to get past Vettel swiftly and then hunt down Hamilton, who's probably going to end up trying to hunt down Max and Botas. 
Vettel's coming back to Leclerc. That's a very... We don't need this infighting. You're losing Hamilton. You're just losing... All this time you're spending fighting each other just means you're losing out time to Hamilton. Charles stays ahead, which unfortunately backs up Vettel into one of the Renaults. Very tense for the people in the Ferrari garage right now. Vettel locked up a little bit, and that allowed a McLaren to overtake him. Okay, even the people in the Ferrari pit crew are starting to see that there is a problem. And we have Daniel Ricciardo overtaking Vettel right now, turn one at Coda. Vettel definitely has a problem, and I think sooner or later, on one of the fast left kinks down one of the straights, he's going to spin. Vettel is trying to come back at Ricciardo, but isn't having an easy time of it. We have five. We have five minutes and sixteen seconds left. Oh, there we go. The rear, the right rear suspension collapsed. That's what happened. So the car is just kind of tripoding right now. We have about five minutes left in the special here, so we are right near the end. Yep, the suspension just had a massive failure. The good news for Leclerc is that now he's not going to be held up. Well, a he wasn't. You know, he got past, so now he's not going to get held up by Vettel. And he doesn't have to worry about him coming back at him. So that's good news, rough. That's relatively good news for Leclerc. But the bad news is that that is ultimately more, if you ask me, more of a net loss for Ferrari than it is a net gain for than it is a net gain for them. Because now, hope Charles doesn't know why Sebastian is out of the race. They're informing him that he has a suspension failure. Okay, they're going to Plan B. Charles now has to close the gap to Hamilton. So like I was saying, though, I think that ultimately that's quite a net loss for the overall team because now they only have one Ferrari in the race, so less points. Especially when they were in the top five with two Ferraris. Both Ferraris were in the top five, and then they lost it. So that's definitely a negative result for Ferrari. So now all of Ferrari's hopes rest on Leclerc being able to hunt down Hamilton, chasing him down as much as possible. He's just passed Ricardo. That's a good start. But Ricardo seems to be far away from the rest of the pack. From the rest of the leading pack, I should say. So that's not exactly good news. Hamilton has won. Unfortunately, Leclerc could not catch up. Leclerc can only make it back up to fourth. Only where he, where he ended in quality. That's not too terrible, but that's unfortunate. Good to pick up the pieces from Seb. Three minutes. Three minutes left in the episode. Seb is saying that Charles has proved himself very fast, so he doesn't think he needs to prove himself anymore. That seems a little bit, seems like a little bit of a warning from Seb to me. Maybe I'm reading, maybe I'm reading more into it than is actually there. Alrighty, there is Charles. Changing into more normal clothes. Probably, A, for, well, I say for podium, that's not going to happen, but, you know, for walking around the pits and doing all the media stuff. Alrighty, a fairly good result for Ferrari. They got to fourth, so that's good. Matteo, or sorry, Matteo is saying that they that Ferrari will not hesitate to be brave in the future. The problem, I don't think the pro the problem is not bravery for them. It's consistency with the car. And then for Seb, even though he's not there anymore, the problem for Seb was, the problem for Seb was not making too many mistakes, which is what we saw quite a bit in the 2019 season. All right, for episode eight, we are going back to Renault. It would appear we are going back to Renault. I'm excited because I want to see more of my man Danny Rick. And then after that, we might have a bit of a combo episode between Renault and Williams. But I know episode 9 focuses on Williams. So, episode 8, musical chair. Okay, episode 8 is going to focus on Nico Hulkenberg at Renault. Episode 9 is on Williams, and that will be very, very interesting. But anyway, that is it, y'all. That was 
it's good to get back into that series. I forgot how much I enjoyed it. And I forgot how much I loved the camera crews, whoever Netflix hired, the camera crew, cinematography, and the shots they got, the B-roll. Gorgeous series. I still highly recommend. If you are a Formula One person, if you love Formula One, you have to check out F1 Drive to Survive. You get all the behind-the-scenes stuff you never normally see in the normal TV coverage. But anyway, that is going to be it for that is going to be it from me for today. I hope you all enjoyed. If you did, then please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Hitting the little notification bell, then all notifications. That way, you will be notified every time I upload. Well, on YouTube, on YouTube. If you're on Podbean, then please like the episode, share the episode, or follow the podcast. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road but don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, well then, before you set off, type in Cody's Car Conundrum wherever you get your podcasts, and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I'll see you all next time. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full-throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.